What the heck is a masternode and why should you care? Well, of all the topics we've been asked to cover on this show, masternodes have been requested again and again. Masternodes used to be complex, but with today's guests, you'll discover how easy it can be to begin mining crypto. We welcome Tim Sanders and Nick Sapinaro from Divi Project to deliver the goods and help make you the master of your own masternode. It's episode number 249 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. And welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast. I don't know why I'm singing, but I think I'm getting excited because not only is this an awesome show, but Mr. Travis Wright, we have a lineup of shows coming that it's just blockbuster. Not only that, but we have some really interesting news <laughs> around around some things. Around some things, and we're going to tell you about all of that. But first of all, we want to give shout-outs to our sponsors. First of all, we're going to talk a little bit about when you got to hire somebody for your small business. You've got to find the best person for the job. And odds are, with the hundreds of millions of people that are on LinkedIn, that person is probably there. LinkedIn jobs is what I'm talking about here. People come to LinkedIn every day to learn, to advance their careers, and LinkedIn gets what they are interested in and what they're looking for. So that means when you use LinkedIn jobs to hire somebody, your matches are based on more than a resume. They're based based on skills and background, interests, activities, passions, the matching, the AI behind this thing is super smart. And customers are rating LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires you can post a job today you can do it you gotta hire somebody go on linkedin.com forward slash bad crypto podcast and you'll get fifty dollars off your first job post it's that easy linkedin.com forward slash bad crypto podcast terms and conditions do apply so make sure you read about all that stuff and go check it out yeah yeah um i love that terms and conditions they apply not applicable in all states void were prohibited <laughs> who else? Who else? We uh, need to give a shout out to Mr. Travis. Wright? Oh, our our homies over there at Digitex, Digitex oh, Futures. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Non custodial, commission free futures trading exchange. Uh, they've begun onboarding traders to the beta platform. With over a million people were in the queue, Mr. Joel Com. Dude, I just launched the website as of right now, 1,081,289. And and I'm not sure, you know, what this, you know, might have how it's tied in, but the price of the Digitex token has been going up. I think uh, as of uh, today, and today when we're recording this is the 7th of March, it hit seven and a half cents. Um, this episode releases on Sunday, and we're, we're going to be at South by Southwest. That's why uh, we're recording this earlier. No, I mean, we are at South by Southwest, and it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, we, we actually go home tomorrow, so wait, I'm yeah. so confused. We are so we are confusing. Yeah, so Digitex, revolutionary trading platform. It's going to eliminate all the transaction fees as well as those withdrawal and deposit fees. It is truly a game changer in the futures market as no other platform allows traders to trade with zero fees, Mr. Joe Com, Pretty handy. So after the uh, completion of the beta uh, version, uh, Digitex is going to roll it out to the public in Q2. And uh, so they have ambitious plans for the rest of the year. This includes the full incorporation of plasma technology into the exchange to offer decentralized account balances, the offering of additional future markets, spot trading, a mobile app. Uh, Traders are interested in the project, can learn more 
at digitexfutures.com forward slash buy dash DGTX. There you go. We've got a great feature for you today. We're going to talk about masternodes with a couple guys from a project that we actually ended up as advisors on. And it's super exciting because we were able to set up a masternode in a matter of minutes. But before we get to that, I want to. We want to talk about some exciting news here from the Republic of Bad Cryptopia. Um, first of all, episode number two uh, two hundred fifty is our next episode, Mister Travis Wright. You know we like to signify those special milestone numbers with a, a significant interview. And who have we got coming up? We have the one and only CZ, the CEO and founder of Binance, hmm. and that is a great. I don't want. I don't want to toot our own horn, Mister Joe Khan, but that is a great interview. CZ was very engaging, very open and transparent. We asked him some tough questions. He did not shy away from them. And uh, that was a great interview. Who else we got coming up after that? Uh, we got Vinny Lingham from Civic. We got Marshall Long coming back on the show, one of the blockchain OGs. And we're going to tie that interview here in a second into our other piece of big news. Just today, we interviewed Brock Pierce for the second time, who is uh, seeking to make Mount Gox and and those who lost their crypto whole again, that's going to be coming up in episode 253. David Drake is joining us again for 254. It's, there's just so much cool stuff coming down the pipe, Mr. Travis Wright. That is true. So the next five shows, we have some pretty good stuff waiting for you. Now, drum roll, please, Mr. Joe Com. Um, Let's see. I don't think I have a drum roll. I do have. Yeah. Is that close enough? <laughs> That was close enough. I mean, you do have fingers in a desk, but that's okay. I also have a Um, tongue. So many of you have bad coin in your BitShares wallet, right? And monkeys might fly out of my butt. Okay. No, we do. Yes, they do have. (laughs) That's due. A lot. You know what? We've given away over $2 billion uh, bad coin to the the citizens of bad cryptopia and actually i think we've got about five billion in circulation total completely worthless and well almost completely but, yeah. worthless originally yeah but maybe not so much so long mr mr joe Com, because everyone we are going to launch a brand new bad coin mm, bad that that's a symbol bad a bad d Uh, And we've been working with Marshall Long, again, who is a crypto OG who has actually developed the bad blockchain for us. And and here's what's really exciting about this. Uh, Put put whatever value there might be aside for a moment. You know, do do we want to show our hand, Travis, of of why? Because they're going to see it on the website anyway. Well, we've just announced it. I mean, we did a soft announce. Uh, at South by Southwest on Saturday at the meetup, right? That's actually in a couple of days from now, but by the time you guys hear it, it's already going to be in the past. Be, so there's a little time space continuum issue. It'll be yesterday. But we yesterday, talked about bad coin yesterday. Yes, yes. So that's a big announcement. So you guys um, are, this is the first time you guys get to hear it. Go to badcoin.net, right? Badcoin.net. That is the website for the project. Blockchain so good, it's bad. And what it is, is a peer-to-peer multi-chain, a hybrid, built off of five blockchain protocols. Yeah. Why? Because we're bad. And, but it's actually really good. And uh, so this means that, you know, anybody can mine 
bad coin. You're going to be able to mine it with good computers. If you have an ASIC computer, then you're going to be able to connect to the basically the Bitcoin fork part of bad coin. And but it's going to it's going to throttle you down. So if you have like a really great computer or you have like a whole warehouse of computers, well, guess what? It's going to de-incentivize you from mining. Mm-hmm. But if you have like a cruddy computer, like a Pentium 1 or something, like a bad computer, a slow computer way back in the day, well, guess what? You're going to be able to mine on a level playing field with anyone else. And so that was the whole point is we wanted to create a blockchain that people could mine on bad computers. Why? Because we're bad. But it ends up being really cool. And so that's why you're going to want to tune in to episode 252 with Marshall Long because him and his development team that's been together since 2010 and then some of them been on his team since 2013 and basically we gave them we said hey here's what we want to do and then the team just started having these brainstorming sessions and then they ended up coming up with a blockchain that's that's pretty cool. So cool, it's bad. And uh, we're not going to go too much more in depth now because you can go to the website, badcoin.net, and listen to the episode number 252 that's going to be coming out um, with Marshall Long, and you're going to hear more about this. We're going to be talking a lot about Badcoin, and yes, you will be able to swap out your current BitShares Badcoin one for one to the new Badcoin. So pretty sometime in April is when it's going to go live, but you're going to want to go to badcoin.net and join the bad wait list because we don't know exactly when it's going to go live. There's still some final tweaks that need to be done to the blockchain. There's some other things that need to be developed out, Uh, but the wallet's done. The blockchain for the most part is completely done. We're just doing some final testings and, uh, but you're going to want to join the bad wait list. Give us your email, your name, essentially that gets you on the list. And then when it goes live, what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to download the bad coin wallet. Okay, TM, and then TMI, to, dude. TMI. You're you're yeah. going ahead of the game. Like, Yeah, yeah. Well, you think you're going to read it on the website. They're going to go, oh, can I do it now? No, you can't do it now. You can't do anything well, now, but it sign it up. Live. Just sign up for the, yep. the mailing list right now and get excited and feel free to spread the word. Yes, yes, yes. And if there's any media out there who wants to talk to us about it or any other podcast or anything, let us know because we're making a big push on this thing. It's going to be fun. Absolutely. All right. That's that's the big news. And now we're going to get to a big interview. You guys are going to get excited because you're going to learn all about masternodes. Of course, you've heard Mr. Travis Wright and myself talk many times about the Divi project. It's a cryptocurrency app and makes it easy to earn, transact and store cryptos. And they are the first crypto ecosystem powered by masternodes that can be installed in one click we've got masternodes yo our our guy ryan and our team set it up in five minutes and today we are pleased to have with us two people from divi project we've got tim sanders who's the former yahoo chief solutions officer with us he has been an advisor for divi from uh, wow just about the get-go and we've got their chief information officer otherwise known as the cio co-founder of the divi project nick sopranaro tim and nick welcome to bad crypto glad to be with you thanks for having us joel Ab so freaking lootly. So th- this project is uh, is is simple and so cool. It's it's like th- there's something about it in its simplicity that uh, that's been missing from the crypto space. Why don't you kind of give us an overview beyond my introduction of why Divi? Yeah, well, you know, we identified a pretty massive problem within crypto, and it's a it's a continuing problem, right? And that's the user experience from the start of 
getting into crypto, you're hitting all of these, we call them friction points. And um, you're ge it generates what we call the friction tax. And this friction tax loses users all along the way. Um, so we committed ourselves to building technologies that actually are familiar and make uh, accessing crypto and using crypto much more of a seamless experience, something that users are expecting at this point with uh, applications that are available in the mainstream tech world. Yeah, I, I got involved. This is Tim. I got involved because I respond to simplicity as a value proposition for new spaces like this. So I've, I've had the privilege, Joel, of being employee 87 at Southwestern Bell Mobile in the 80s when they launched Cellular, one of the early employees for Cubans Audio Net, and then later um, getting involved in the socials quite early, like 2005. And every time these things come out, they're incredibly complicated. And whoever can come along and reduce the steps in the stuff, to quote Steve Jobs, um, they really disrupt. And I find that so much of what was going on in September 27 was just trying to add to the compl complication. And and guys like myself that aren't technical um, had a really difficult entry point. So just the concept of crypto made easy and then later the idea of a one-click master node, which is mind-blowing. Um, those are the things that I got very excited about, and um, I've been watching that progress and that that laser focus on simplicity every step of the way. I, I want first of all, I want to say this, uh, Mr. Tim Sanders, you are a love merchant. Uh, I remember years ago seeing a presentation by you by, by when you released your book, "Love Is the Killer App," and uh, I've read that. I think it's a great book. What is it that you love, love, love about Divi? You know, I, I love the community. The, the, as you know, Travis, Love is the Killer app uh, fundamentally is about sharing your knowledge and your network of relationships to make other people successful. And one of the things I've noticed about the Divi community from day one, and it's over 10,000 people now, is that people took time to mentor each other on what the heck was going on with crypto, exactly what was blockchain, how does a master node work? And I saw the community uh, being very supportive. It wasn't a pump community. It wasn't just a critical community. It was a real community of knowledge sharing. And that was that's one of the things that I love about the Divi project. And that's why I'm long on it still. Yeah. So right now, the, uh, the, the project is available for people to download to desktop so they can uh, deploy master nodes. But you've got mobile apps coming up soon for both ios and um and android i'm, I'm looking at here on the website by the way it's diviproject.org so what will you be able to do once you have an app so it's a uh, there are a few things that the mobile applications will bring into the fold it will launch with bitcoin and divi um, and because we're implementing atomic swap technology and lightning network technology you'll actually have some interoperability between Bitcoin and Divi out of the box from day one. Um, so that means, you know, trading uh, or exchanging assets right from the wallet. We're also working to um, enable one-click deployment of masternodes right from your mobile phone, um, which I have yet to see in the industry. And I think that's really going to open the floodgates for um, people to get involved with, with this type of coin. I think there's a lot of speculation around masternodes. And I think a lot of people, if they were... If there was an easy entry point, an easy way to just try it out, um, especially from your mobile device, which we know more people are using mobile than desktop, 
I think that's really going to be a really good step in the right direction when it comes to um, having more of a mainstream adoption of this stuff. Yeah, and I'm telling you, masternodes are addictive. I mean, you you get involved, you see your masternodes starting to produce, you're able to leverage um, gains into larger masternodes. And for those of you that haven't had a masternode, the bigger the node, the bigger the return by a lot. And so it's one of those things where you do spend a lot of time um, checking it out, looking at your progress, thinking about it. Um, I find it a very sticky application, something very interesting in this space. Especially, I, I had a master node, but I thought I was, was supposed to see a doctor and get rid of it. So <laughs> this is different, right? Okay. Yeah, master nodes, master big big master loads. That's good. I want to actually bring it back a little bit, though, Nick, because I know there's a bunch of people that listen to Bad Crypto that still don't understand what a master node is, right? So let's maybe bring it back a little bit to the basics and under and and, and help our audience understand the the power of the master node what a masternode does, and why it's important within the Divi network. Yeah, so from a very high level, you know, a masternode is essentially uh, a node, a full node that's running typically on a remote server somewhere that serves to secure and verify transactions in the network. It doesn't actually create any blocks, but instead it uh, verifies and, and comes to consensus with the other masternodes about whether the uh, the transactions that have been sent in a block are verified and non-malicious, but it can do so much more because it's really not doing that much uh, when it comes to verifying transactions, especially on a low volume network like Divi is at the moment. It can be used for many, many other things. Um, for example, storage and transmission of like metadata. Um, so in the near future, we'll be coming out with human readable addresses, which will replace the long string of numbers and letters that, you know, we're used to right now. Um, so you can actually send to Joel Comet, Bad Crypto, whatever, um, rather than... Yes, please. Yeah. But no, no, it's just so much easier to say, uh, yeah, send it to E9, capital N, yeah. 5, 6, Z, but yeah, right. thank it's, you. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you might want to um, write that keep down. The, <laughs> uh, but we want to keep the cryptographic security that secures these addresses, right? So in the background, that, that technology will still exist, but in the foreground, all you'll see is a, a username and we'll be able to use the masternodes to uh, keep track of and verify that, that data on the network. And let me give you kind of a consumer experience, right? So as a non-technical person, what does a masternode do? A masternode earns you coins like you're being a miner, except you don't have to have a super CPU like you have as a miner. What you need to do is you need to commit a lot of coins to that network so that the network knows you have no malicious intent. That's what's so exciting, you know, when you think about a masternode is that if you had a platinum Divi masternode, and Nick, at today's price, what would it cost to have a platinum masternode, roughly? Oh, I try not to check coin market cap ever, but um, but you check it a hundred times a day. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, you know what is it? It's like it's like let, let let's just give a round number here. So a platinum master node will probably be something like twenty three thousand dollars. I'm just kind of making that up. That's like high level master node, and if you had a platinum master node. You're going to see Divi coming in, you know, 540 a pop uh, more than every, you know, couple of hours. And it just adds up and it stacks and it stacks and it adds up. So the return for you to commit a chunk of coins you've 
purchased on Divi to that master node is a side hustle. You know, Joel, I think of it like a, uh, it's like Uber light, but no one gets into your car, but it definitely becomes a side hustle pretty soon. And it's a really nice way to earn passive income without being a super technical genius that has a lot of gear. And that's what I find exciting about it for me. Uh, the coin is, you know, listed on a number of exchanges. It's on coin market cap. It looks like uh, as of this recording, and I'm going to timestamp it because I think that this interview won't come out for a few weeks still, is uh, February 12th, 2019. Uh, one divvy is 0. 0.002389 cents. So if you like a master node, uh, it starts at a lot, around 100,000 divvy. Is that right? That's, That's right. right. It's a copper the copper node. So let's see, 100,000 divvy. I'm doing it right now, but 0.002389 is $2,238.90. Yep. There you go. Pretty cheaper than Dash. So what? Pretty cheaper than Dash, don't you think? If, if, um, if I ran a copper master node, how many divvy would it spit out every 24 hours? Or is it better measured by weekly or monthly? The copper master node because it's the lower tier does have a, a slower rate of return but we've engineered the system so that pretty much every node re returns in coins this is not a return on investment this is a rate of return um is about 64 percent over the course of a year so you're going to get 64 percent more coins in your wallet by the end of that year however much you put in so a hundred thousand divvy in a year should you should have about a hundred and sixty four thousand divvy exactly because ma because math because math right when fiat when fiat um the, another way to think about it too though is that as you get bigger master nodes you go copper silver uh, is three hundred thousand gold is um, a million platinum is three million diamond is ten million. As you have more coins, the rate of return becomes much much greater because you're doing more work on the network because you have more of a vested interest in the network, so you are more trusted on the network. So if you go to the DiviProject.org website, you see the mathematical calculator that it becomes a big deal when you finally grow into that gold master node, and then it becomes a really big deal if you can get a platinum one because the rate of return is just so much higher, and, and that's why. Yeah, we've realized that uh, without really trying to, we've kind of gamified this whole ecosystem. I mean, people are spending lots of time trying to figure out how to maximize the earnings on their system because you can also stake with a, a minimum of 10,000 Divi. So people are like, okay, if I, if I stake a certain amount and I weight that against the masternode that I have, like how can I get up to the next level of masternode quicker? And it's really interesting to see this little microcosm erupting in our in our telegram channel every day uh, people have even written like articles take me about it. to your master node take me to your master node travis take me there mm, yes so let me ask then about about how many master nodes are there and then if all these master nodes are generating tokens all the time is there a supply limit of the tokens and if there's not are you burning tokens somehow we do have around 550 masternodes last time I checked. Um, it fluctuates a bit as people consolidate and stuff like that. The tokenomics are a little bit complex. I won't go too deep. There are some articles I could send you guys, but basically mm -hmm. there is no cap on inflation, but the inflation rate is essentially cut in half every two years. 
until it gets down to a baseline. And in doing this, so just to kind of simplify that, if you have a hundred thousand divvy and you're getting sixty four thousand divvy over the course of the year, that's going to have you'll only get thirty two thousand exactly. So okay. people that are people that are giving us a shot early on are going to benefit the most. Of course, they take on the highest risk, right? So they get the highest reward, um, just like any other ecosystem. Um, but we feel that this inflationary model is responsible and doesn't overinflate to the point of, you know, making the, the coins worthless. <laughs> but it can also be changed by governance, right? So we have structures within our blockchain that allow people to vote. And based on that vote, we can change the many different parameters within the blockchain with a spork without doing a hard fork. Um, so we haven't had to activate that yet, but it's an option. I love the spork. What a great idea. <laughs> way better spork at all so you know tim let's talk a little bit about being an advisor because uh you know we've been invited to a number of projects we've accepted a far fewer number of those projects and, and why don't you talk a little bit about how you see the role of an advisor to a blockchain project absolutely and i'll preface this by saying that getting involved with divi was not my first advisor project i've been keeping tabs here, and um, I'm currently involved in my 14th project. Of course, only a few are cryptocurrency. Um, eight of them are software as a startup, better the artist known as SaaS. Um, and then a few of them are just traditional startups. Um, and uh, one of them would be Goodreads, um, which had a very successful exit um, to Amazon a few years ago. So, so to me, being an advisor to a startup is the same regardless of the space. And I think that's really important because my experience in seeing advisory work started when I was working for Cuban at AudioNet. This is 1997. And there were a lot of e-commerce startups. There were a lot of pure web play media startups, et cetera. Um, it just doesn't change. The technology changes. The opportunity looks different. Sometimes the gold rush happens quicker than later. But at the end of the day, you've got to build a company. The company has to have a product that people want to buy. You've got to reach that market. You've got to have successful arbitrage to create value for both the customer and the enterprise. And your investors need to be happy. And nothing changes. So one of the things I would think about is if you're going to get involved with a crypto project or a blockchain project, whether you're going to do it as an advisor or a significant investor, my number one piece of advice is to provide mentorship, not just criticism and pressure. So you have an opportunity to help grow the people that are in that startup. So, so for example, Nick, who, who is on this podcast, I took it upon myself starting in September of 17 to operationally mentor him around issues. And those issues could be hard issues like thinking about the business in terms of cash flow or runway. They could be um, advice around soft skills. And, you know, that's a, how we think about relationships inside the company, how we use communication channels that can actually be ineffective in resolving disputes. So along the way, I find if you invest in mentoring the people that are involved in the crypto projects that you're involved with, your investment will do much better than if you just focus your efforts on criticizing, finding things that need to be fixed, or putting pressure on them to say ship earlier um, or do more marketing. So that's the first thing I'd say that I would tell all advisors and significant investors. 
what are maybe some of the lessons that you've learned along the way from from mentoring uh, aside from what you just mentioned? Um, so, and, and I will um, I will say that there, there's a series of lessons I've learned both from the SaaS movement and the crypto movement that are useful here. Nick, I'm going to ask you to participate a little bit. And don't get pissed. Okay. So the, <laughs> the first thing I would tell you is that when you're looking at a project, the magic number is two when it comes to founders. If you run into a project and they got four or five, six founders and they're a bunch of buddies and they claim they were sitting around getting you know stoned around the campfire and they all had this idea together, so it was only fair that they split it up six ways, I have advice for you, run. Run. Too many cooks? <laughs> because it was, well, it's not, it's disingenuous. Six people that won't come up with Jack. It's two. It's one or two people at the most have the concept and truly found an organization. You know, you got Tesla on the one side, and I don't mean Elon Musk, I mean Tesla. Um, you've got the traditional number two, whether it's Jerry and David or, or Larry and, and, you know, and, and Serge, you know, it's like, it's always two, Steve and Steve, et cetera, et cetera. And usually it's just- What the, about Larry, Moe, and Curly though? Well, the, exactly. There, there's one. <laughs> but anyway, I like the number two. I like the number two because there's some balance between the two. Uh, they usually solve each other's blind spots. They usually complete each other. But three, four, or five is going to lead to breakups. Travis, you because complete what happens me. Is, I just want is, to say that. Yeah. Usually that, right. yeah, usually some of those people out of the six, when you look at it, what's going to happen is it's going to go from six back to two, and then they'll add a third maybe later or whatever. And then you're going to have tons of dead money on the cap table. And then you're going to have people that bug out as a founder, and it creates a lot of instability in the community. So just worry about bloated founding teams. That's the second thing I've learned. And then the last thing I tell you is beware of crypto projects that outsource their technology. It's lazy. I know it's attractive because you just have to write a check. They always run late. They always have to throw away the contractor's work. I'm just telling you, um, I will never get involved in another project where they don't have their own tech people coding their own stuff because they only care about their own That's stuff. That's a really great checklist, Tim. I feel like, is this like, have you written this in an article somewhere that we can link to? Because I think that's great. You know, I haven't, but but I've sure been thinking about it, and I've been counseling a lot of other people that are starting to get a lot of invitations into projects. You know, and those are always my. Three I, I wish you would. And I've helped some people avoid some. Yeah, some would you stuff. would you write something out? We'll make sure that we link that in the, the show notes for this. Since you've got some time before this episode is going to come out, you can have it done. You know, I'll do that. You know, I'll do that. But let me give you one more piece of advice. If we're stacking Stack here it. a little bit, if we're stacking, always bet the jockey, never the horse. And this doesn't change from my experience in SaaS or e-commerce. Um, don't get excited about a big addressable market. Don't, don't let that excite you. If you ever hear someone say, and we can only, if we only get 1% of that market, it's still to just throw them out of the room the minute they say crap like that. You bet the team. You bet the experience of the team. You bet their history of giving their investors their money back. And you bet their resilience. And then you bet a little bit into their brilliance, but don't get fooled by that. But don't bet a sector. Don't bet an industry. When someone says, man, we're finally going to tokenize AIF music files. And you go, I have those. Oh my God, I've got so many. They're so disorganized. Don't bet on, a, on an industry niche. Bet on the people. And you'll do a lot better when you look at your portfolio. I want to know if anything you just said there pisses off Nick because you warned him. And uh, I want to know if he's mad. 
Yeah, I want I want I want Nick to respond to a few of because he knows what I mean when I say pissed because I'm I'm you know part of the experience comes from working with Divi amongst the other thirteen projects. So Nick, do do respond a little bit. Yeah, I think a lot of what uh, Tim mentioned there comes from our experience in in crypto and and building this project. This is not my first startup, but it's definitely the most compl- complicated one I've been involved in. And I can tell you, we've definitely made mistakes, you know, initially um, outsourcing some of our of our tech to a third party contractor that screwed us. Um, it, it completely wrecked our initial launch date. And um, we actually had to like completely backpedal and fire everyone, rehire a bunch of people, you know, it cost us a lot of money to learn that lesson. Um, but I can guarantee you we won't make it again. And now that we control the process, we're able to run much leaner. Uh, much more effective, and our tech uh, speaks for itself, you know, in that regard. So um, that's probably, to me, the biggest uh, flaw of of our uh, past. But you know, I think with with any new industry, you're going to have to learn <laughs> as you go a little bit, and um, it's about how you how you react and how you recover. I think. Yeah, and I think I think we 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 have this mistaken belief that it's easier to hire a contractor than it is an employee. That the contractor is going to be like, whatever you want, I'll do for you. But the employee is going to come to work and say, I don't know if I'm still motivated. Folks, it's not that way. Contractors are like employees without commitments. And I say that as a person who does a lot of contracting work. So I'm not being critical of contractors per se, but I'm just saying it's hard to find employees and keep them and motivate them and manage them. But you know what? They're the ones that get up every day and bleed for you. And they can't stop thinking about the product all night long. And they're the ones who are really going to look at that code hard to make sure it's right before it ships or commits. Yeah, I mean, a, good, a great example of this, right? Our first, our first launch, like I said, did not go very well. And it was like we couldn't get the, the contractors on the phone. Oh, one guy's like out of town or, or whatever and, you know, uh, focused on his own, his own life, what have you. On the reverse side of that, one of our guys now, uh, Dimitri, he's one of our full-time devs, you know, he was like calling me because I was asleep. It was like early, early morning. He was trying to go home. He's in a different part of the world. But he he knew that we had a launch that day. We were releasing an update to our desktop app and he's calling me and calling me. And he actually has uh, one of our admins out in uh, out in Europe call me on another line and she's like, Nick, Nick, Dimitri's trying to get a hold of you. And I'm like, wow, that is dedication, right? He could have easily, it was like 6 p.m. for him, you know? It's an hour after his time to go home. But because he cares about the project and because he's part of our process, not just a a functional uh, unit, you know, he's actually part of our team. Yeah. And and that's really important because it's like, it's not like you run a restaurant and there's Yelp and you piss off, you know, one of the customers and they ruin your reputation. It doesn't work that way in crypto and contracting. You can ghost a project. Notice that we haven't even mentioned the name of this contractor. We haven't written an online review of this contractor. There's no social downside to screwing people in this regard. You should be really worried about that, right? So let me add an amendment then, Joel. When you, when you, when you bet on the team and not the product, one of the things you want to look for is not just that they've been successful in returning money. I want them to show me a time where they they took it right in the onions on a launch because they made a mistake and they didn't fold. 
And they got back up and they worked 24 hours a day and they made the launch eventually happen. They maintained the community throughout the launch and then they got into a very predictable and dependable release pattern. That's a that's a resilience I'll put a lot of money into. So that being said, I'd invest in Nick's future businesses because I saw grit and determination in the face of failure. And that actually makes me more confident in Nick instead of less. So, yeah, but don't fail this one, Nick, though. I mean, yeah, I will mention your name. I will write about you. I will <laughs> at you on Pinterest till uh, in MySpace, which is, by the way, the number one social network. For, for you do dress. not want to take um, it in. I will, I will at you from, into uh, the ground from Tim. That's no, you do not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it'll make your eyes water. It'll make your eyes water. That's true. I want to be. A, I want to be a little bit of a hard ass here. I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw this back here and say, okay. So now you make master nodes on Divi. That's great. Now what? You're staking it, okay? But what does it do, right? So what's the overall vision? And I know you have. You know, I want you to talk about how you know you're helping your your favorite cryptos become more usable. Like, what's the overall mission aside from master master nodes are cool. That's great. But what else? What's what's the other? What's the other part? Yeah. So no, that's a great question. And I'll be the first to admit, you know, a lot of uh, masternode projects, including Divi at the moment, lack sincere utility. That doesn't mean they won't have utility in the future. And Mm -hmm. but a lot of them are really just copy and paste forks of another masternode coin um, that are trying to basically uh, create enough liquidity so that they can sell their rewards on the new people that come into the ecosystem. I'm not going to lie. That's that's a lot of the space of the Masternode niche. Divi differs in this regard because we're actually focused on a few different things, but they all essentially uh, contribute to the same overarching theme, which you just said, which is accessibility for and making all cryptocurrencies easy to use and access, right? So a big push that we'll be making this year is developing interoperability solutions, primarily through the way of um, atomic swaps and decentralized exchange. So one of my least favorite things about this entire industry are the centralized exchanges. I think that they are the antithesis of what crypto is all about. They're essentially a bank that's unregulated. um, And as we've seen time and again, they scam their users, exit, um, get hacked, quote unquote, people die with the keys, whatever you want to say, they're, they're scams. I'll, I'll say it right now. All centralized exchanges are scams. Now, that's not to say there aren't some good actors out there, but, you know, prove me wrong. So, and decentralized exchanges, while they do solve somewhat of the issue, which is the retention of your private keys, um, they're still flawed in that they typically use the same web architecture as a regular website um, or a regular exchange. So there's still vulnerability there. And we have seen like Bancor get hacked. We have seen EtherDelta get hacked, um, which are decentralized exchanges, right? Um, so big push that we'll be making this year uh, at Divi is to create a decentralized exchange that you'll be able to use within your wallet um, that uses a secondary uh, messaging protocol that's outside of the typical HTTP web architecture. Um, And we're already working on this. Uh, So essentially you'll be able to make exchanges and swaps between assets without ever exposing yourself to the internet and without ever exposing your private keys. 
Um, we believe that this initiative will essentially open um, open the doors to uh, many opportunities for activation outside of the crypto space when it comes to like paying for things in the real world. Now, this vision is very long. Divi is not a, a project that you invest in if you want to see huge gains tomorrow. We're talking about a long-term vision that leads into the actual usage of cryptocurrency. We believe that that's possible. And we, we think that our community believes that too. That's why we've kept such a strong community. Yeah, you got like 13,000 people or so in your community. So that, that's pretty strong. They're active. Yeah. They're active. Hey, follow-up question for you, Nick. Yeah. Tim's taking over the interview now, Travis, so we can, we're good to log out. <laughs> Nick, question for you. When Coinbase? Yeah. Coinbase. Um, when Coinbase? I don't know. You know, I, I, I don't know. Back to you. Um, <laughs> hey, Travis, you, you're on leave now. Um, Tim is going to be the new co-host for the Bad Crypto Podcast. Oh, no, this is going to be the worst crypto podcast then. <laughs> hey, good stuff, guys. I'm curious, who else is doing masternodes well? Go ahead and let's prop up uh, somebody that's not Divi. I think Dash is really doing an incredible job. Their, their masternodes are extremely difficult to set up, but outside of the masternode thing, they're one of the few projects that are finding utility outside of the, the niche. Um, they're making big pushes in Africa and Venezuela. Seeing some adoption, it's really hard because of accessibility issues for those countries, the countries of Africa and, of course, in Venezuela. A lot of people, if they have a smartphone, don't really have much Internet access. And there's a lot of governmental issues uh, going on down there with limitations to access. But I will say, like, they're doing a great job um, with their with their recent push. Well, Tim and Nick, thanks very much for sharing more about masternodes and advising blockchain projects. We are pleased to be advisors for for Divi as well. We're always fully transparent with our audience because we don't want them to to lose respect for us. Uh, we don't want them to think that we're even worse than bad, and we're just we're just totally bad. Yeah, and if they go to the Divi page and they see our face there, and we didn't tell them that our face is yeah. there. Like they'd be like, what? What's their face doing there? Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, DiviProject.org. Check it out. And uh, we appreciate you both. Oh, thank you. Thank you, guys. Travis Wright, take me to your master node. Mm, master. Master nodes of puppets are pulling your strings. Ah, are, is, are you the master of your own node? No. <laughs> are you the master of your domain? I am sometimes. <laughs> That's good to know. I, uh, good stuff there, guys. Check out what Divi is uh, is doing. The Divi project is is really cool, and uh, you know, even if you you set up the simplest master node to get your feet wet and understanding how this all works, I think is a great opportunity. Yeah, I mean, it's so quick and easy to set up the master nodes. And that was one thing that we thought about with Badcoin. Do we want masternodes? We want it's like, oh, do we want staking? Do we want masternodes? Do we want this and that? Like, no, we want to we want to mine it. That's fun. But you want to check out masternodes, Divi, from my estimation, I've not seen one that's easier or you know, e- easier to set up. It's pretty cool. Great team, brilliant minds. Uh, set that thing up so really fun to uh to see this thing grow we got a couple pieces of news that we want to hit up on that just uh, broke here today and today i mean a few days ago and i wish this whole time warp continuum thing was you know if, if people understood when i say today i mean today when i'm saying it but it might not actually be today 
Because you might listen to this in 2024. Yeah, I mean, you be know. totally it lost. Well, something you know, Travis, we talk all the time about the need to put voting on blockchain. And right mm-hmm. here in my home city of Denver, they are launching a pilot blockchain voting app for upcoming elections, which I think is super cool. It's going to allow overseas voters, active duty military personnel, and their eligible dependents to vote using a blockchain-based smartphone app that is a collaboration with Tusk, Philanthropies, Philanthropies, not Philanthropies, and Votes. Um, I guess Votes is, um, the whole thing is backed by Overstock. You know, that's interesting. I read something else about um, about the state of Colorado where the governor is actually basically saying whatever the popular vote is overall, then that's who uh, Colorado's um, Colorado's uh, electoral votes are going to go to. So yeah. basically it's making that's making Colorado voting irrelevant. That's not going to face any illegal challenges in the courts, is it? <laughs> Right. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, hey, whoever, whoever you guys say, that's basically saying whoever you guys say is good is good. Right. Guys. So basically to participate in this pilot program, eligible voters must file an absentee ballot request and complete an authentication process through the votes mobile app that's spelled V-O-A-T-Z. If approved, they'll be able to submit their ballot between March 23rd and May 7th, which is Denver's election day. Uh, it's great to see this is we are not the first place to do it. Apparently, um, this startup that is conducting this has had more than 30 successful pilots with more than 15,000 votes cast in the largest election to date. So yay. Dude, that's sweet. Everybody's got a smartphone for the most part now, right? Mm-hmm. Vote on the blockchain. I would say this. It's like, if you have a smartphone, then you should be able to vote, you know, if that system's all set up. And if you don't have a smartphone, well, then you, you're going to probably just what, go vote regularly. I assume that's going to work. Yes. One more piece of news. Uh, you know, whenever we hear about a big name in tech doing something in blockchain, I always, you know, sit up and take notice. Last week it was Facebook in their face coin. This week it's Alibaba, which is the, the e-commerce giant in China. And their vice president, Lu Song, said that they're considering blockchain tech implementation for cross-border supply chains. So just the fact that they're talking about this publicly means that they've had to have a lot of internal conversations already. Alibaba, that's a very, very ginormous company out there in China. And uh, actually, you've you've done some work with them at CES. You were like looking at some cool um, different uh, electronics and whatnot that they were doing. Yeah, I did some. I, I did some uh, brand ambassadoring. I ambassed uh, at CES and spoke with twenty four of their vendors on location. Took a look at their products, and actually, I'm in the midst right now. This is uh, this month is their March Expo, which is their big deal month. You know, the one a year um, where it's a really a lot of deep discounts and but super holidays they have there. This is like one of the big Chinese, like the biggest spending days of the year is this month. Yeah, right? so if you go look at Alibaba. Baba's um, Instagram, you'll see videos from me uh, sharing new products all month long. So, yeah, I'm kind of like a Swiss Army knife. You know, I'm versatile. I do different things. And if you go to Alibaba's Instagram, you won't see me. I'm, but you'll think about like, you'll uh, think I'm about like John Travis. Cena. You can't see me. You don't see but me. you can see us. Or maybe you just saw us at South by if you came to the meetup. And I think, Travis, we can also announce now that we are emceeing and hosting the blockchain summit at Paris Blockchain Week in Paris, France, <laughs> in April. Mm-hmm. That is true. The 16th and 17th of April, we will be in Paris. And uh, so if there's any you know interesting companies out there that is listening to the show that wants to participate, 
I think there's uh, there's an opportunity to go on stage with us, isn't it? You just kind of contact yep, us. Contact us. And we will have um, somebody from the Paris Blockchain Summit on the podcast before the event because our European friends, uh, you know, if it's easy for you to get there, then we're going to invite you. So much going on, Travis. All squeezed in, all squoze mm-hmm. into this here yeah. podcast. Yeah. And this next week, we're actually going to San Diego and doing a couple of blockchain workshops. Mm-hmm. So maybe your company needs to know about blockchain. We have a workshop that we put together that uh, we could even come to your organization and train you all what it all is about. Lots going on. You might want to go to the show notes mm-hmm. to follow the bouncing ball. Badco.in forward slash 249. We are here to serve, to bring badness to the world, and to help you stay badcoin.net. The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.